This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. All right, so let's open up in prayer. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Now make it known that I do not trust nor depend on my limited human abilities, but I trust in you. Holy Spirit, do a work in the hearts of the parents tonight. Let them be changed. Father, as we talk about the next generation, help us to parent effectively. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all those who agree, say... Praise the Lord. I want to thank my spiritual parents, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear, for the privilege and opportunity to speak to you guys again. And uh, tonight my message is all about parenting the next generation. So when we look here, let me just see what's going on. There we go. Parenting. That's what we are talking about this evening. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this topic. And just before I perhaps go on, you might say, Pastor Johnny, what authority do you have to speak on parenting? Well, if you've got more authority, then please come and take the stage, by all means. Amen. <laughs> but at, I've got two children, and I've got two grandbabies, so I know something about parenting. Amen. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, can I see how many parents in the house here? Yeah, okay, all right. And this side, it's... Hey, you guys are too young to put up your hand. What's going on there? Okay. All right. Now, that's awesome. So it's what a privilege. What a blessing. What an anointing it is to be a parent. You know, it's like, it's like when, when two people get married, uh, they might say, Pastor Johnny, I'm not sure if I'm ready for marriage. The minute you say, I do, an anointing comes upon you. The minute the baby is born, the mom says, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. The minute the baby's born, the mom knows instinctively what to do. It's an anointing from God. So therefore, parenting is a godly principle. And the Bible has a lot to say about this topic. It's an important topic because of the difficult difficulties in raising children correctly. Many say that the youth of today are perhaps a fatherless generation. They don't have any role models. They don't have any fathers. And it's important, family, parents, dads, that you need to be a father in your house. There's something it does for a girl, for a, for a, yeah, if you've got a daughter, a girl in the house. There's something in a man that she sees that she's going to follow and emulate. There's something to be said when there's, a, when there's a man in the house for a son because he will do what his dad does. And I hope that the example will be a good example. And I know some of you are now sitting back and saying, gee, I don't know whether I've been a great father, whether I've been a great dad to my children. You know what, family? Hey, it's a difficult job. And if you say, but I don't feel qualified, then tonight you're in the right place. Amen? Because we're going to look at the Word of God and, and see what the Word of God says about this. Small things that we can change. I believe there is something to be said for a generation of parents that can really do the things that I'm going to talk about tonight, but just be involved in their lives, just give them a hug. You know how many children has never experienced a fatherly hug, the touch of a mother? And perhaps at the age of 20, 23, then you wonder why they become aggressive or violent because they've never experienced something like that. They, they've always yearned for it. Or they go to the other extreme, become perverted in some way or the other. Amen? So it's important on what our roles and responsibilities are. 
There are, there are complete families today, I'm, I'm glad to say. It's not just a complete fatherless generation in South Africa, but there are complete families. There are blended families, amen? There are divorced families, sadly so. There are also adopted children families. There are dysfunctional families. There are forgotten families. Those of you that's lost children and think everybody's forgotten about them. And then there are also grandparent families where the grandparents are raising the children. Let's just maybe give a round of applause for the grandparents raising children. I mean, when you're a grandparent, ask me. I mean, I'm five-minute grandpa. That's my name. I can play for five minutes. Hey, okay, buddy, don't you want to go sleep now? Or don't you need something to eat now? Come, let's go this way. That's why I take them to jump. You know, they just jump the whole time, you know. And I can just sit there and relax. Five-minute grandpa, you know. So for grandparents to raise families, children, tip my hat to you. Awesome. So what connects us as parents is that we have dreams and we want the best for our children. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. We want, we want the best for our kids. In actual fact, we'll fight for the best for our kids. Don't you touch my kids. Some people are like way hyper-protective. And then other people is that they want to live their lives through their children. How many of you see next to the rugby fields? I mean, the kids are playing rugby and you want to tell them, on, fight. And it's like, what are you doing, man? You know? But there's some people that say, I'll take that. Amen. So it's our dreams. It's what we want for our children, the goals. We want them to be better than us. We want them to be more successful than us. And that is exactly what the word of God promises for us. Amen. We want to do what God wants for them. It's easy to be overwhelmed in this process of parenting. Sometimes we don't know what to do, which means, like as I said earlier, you're in the right place today. We need God. Now look what the Bible says on this. It says, and my God will meet all your needs. Because if you say, I need God today, all your needs, even your parenting needs. Amen. We sometimes use this, hey, this is my financial scripture. But I, we can use it as a parenting scripture. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Therefore, I'm going to start tonight in this message and speak to the parents. How do we parent our children? First of all, it takes all of us. It takes all of us. At baptism, when the parents are congregating around the platform here, we call the whole congregation as witnesses today. Hold me accountable that I will bring up this child in the ways of the Lord. And sometimes we stray from that. But we need the grandparents in our lives. We need our friends to help us. I mean, some, some people would say, no, I don't want my mom and dad involved in my life because the way they raised me wasn't a great example. But hey, now you're doing exactly the opposite and saying, I don't want any grandparents. Your kids grow up. They don't know who granny and grandpa is or whatever the case may be. And you, we need everybody in. They need all of it. They need a healthy balance. You might be thinking, my clinical way is the right way, but it could be the wrong way. Amen? It takes all of us to bring up a child. You know, there's an African proverb that says it takes a village to raise 
a child. And so because of that, somebody said, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? I was just wondering if somebody can give me directions to this village so I can drop off my kids. <laughs> Amen. And the kid said, hoo-hoo, road trip, holiday. <laughs> this is what I want you to know. There are no perfect parents. Amen. I pray for God's grace over your life. Parenting is hard. I see sometimes some ladies in the shops. Um, I mean, they got the pram and the kids and the bags and everything. And they're trying to get the yogurt here. And this one is picking up the flour here and playing with the pancakes there. I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Thank God I'm not in that stage of my life anymore. <laughs> Amen. So I pray for God's grace over your life because I know it's hard. You cannot begin to understand parenting until you become a parent. And I mean, there's many judging parents here tonight, especially those people that walk past in the shop. I can't believe it. Look at it. Hoing a tantrum there. Meantime, your kids do the same at home. Uh, never say, I will never tell them, you will do what I tell you to do. I mean, I'll never do that to my children. I'll never say to, I'll, I'll never lose my child in a shopping center. How many of you have lost your children in a shopping center? Okay, don't put up your hands now because maybe child welfare is you or something, you know. How many of the children say, hey, my parents lost me? <laughs> oh, yeah, way more hands went up on that side. <laughs> I'll never buy them a cell phone. Mm, let's see how that goes. I'll never drive a minivan past a Johnny. With the pram and the bags and all the kids in the back. And there's just chips and milk and yogurt and coffee and cereal and sweets all over the car. I mean, and then your boss says, listen, can you quickly give me a, a lift to, my, to, the, to, the, to the garage? My, I'm just servicing my car. And I mean, like, it looks like a bomb hit that van. And all of a sudden from you, like a sporty BMW, you traded in now for a minivan. Because you're a family man now, right? Okay, not. All right, maybe. Okay. <laughs> It's hard because there's no manual. And that's why we will mess up all the time. We've got to figure it out as we go. No such thing as a perfect parent. But with God, we can learn and we can overcome. You see, because God is with us. And let me use the scripture. We use it normally at Christmas, but let me just say it here as well. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want you to know that God is with you. When you're throwing it down, when the kids are throwing a tantrum, when they are like, they, they, I mean, you just wash the car and they come with their hands on the windscreens and everything else, mess the milk or the, the juice or whatever all over. And isn't it funny, a kid of two years old, when you get the juice boxes, they, don't they tell them, don't squeeze the thing? How many parents know that thing? And they squeeze it, zhing, and there it goes, zhing. And the more they try, hold it, my boy, zhing, zhing, it goes all over the place. And it's just sticky. Amen? So God is with us. Look what the Bible says here. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient. God says his grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness when you're parenting your children. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me, parents. Amen? We may not be perfect parents, but we serve a perfect God. Amen? Because 
His presence is with us. His peace is with us. His power is with us. His forgiveness is with us. And His grace is with us. Amen? His grace is with us. And we got to know, parents, that there's some stuff that's just out of control. I know when, when your kids are small, it feels like maybe Pastor Everett and Lee can jump in here at this stage, you know. they got kids. Pastor Everett says, or Pastor Lee apparently said to him, I may be talking out of the house now, I'm not sure, but in any case, you don't open the door for me anymore. He says, I'm opening the door for three women. It's all three kids, you know, <laughs> the whole time. By the time I'm finished with them, you're in the car. So that's a good excuse now to use nowadays, all right? But I tell you, his presence is with you. Even in those tough times, God is with you. His peace is with you. His power is with you. You can do it, parents. You can do it. It's tough. His forgiveness when you lose your temper. <laughs> Therefore, his grace, it just comes after forgiveness. His grace is with us. Amen. You see, because they belong to God. Children are a gift from the Lord. Look at what it says here. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring a reward from Him. That is so true. Because you see, family, it's a perpetuation. It's a natural progression thing that must happen in, in nature. When there's a great environment, you will have children, and they will have children, and they will have children, and she will grow and perpetuate the species at the end of the day. So children are a heritage from the Lord. We are proud of our children. Look at what it says here. We will not hide these truths from our children. It's important for us, even in, in whatever else we do, is that we are to tell our children about what the Lord has done for us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power, and about His mighty wonders. So the next generation might know then, even the children not yet born, that's amazing. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. You know, family, it's, it's all got to do with, I, I remember when, when our daughter was born, uh, Pastor Simone would put earphones, you know, those like a big earphones. She would put it on her stomach, and we would play classical music to our unborn child. And they say because of the complexity of the various notes of classical music, it causes the brain to connect better. Okay, so it connects better and you can, through that, it becomes a more intelligent child. Amen. Whereas if you do nothing, there's nothing to stimulate brain activity or the connection of the synapses and the formation in, the, in that process. And so when she was born and she would be niggly, we would play that same music in a, in a room and she would calm down straight away. You know, so... We are to, so the next generation might know God, know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So, each generation should set its hope anew on God and not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Amen, family? We got to train our children in the ways of the Lord. Going to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. Nowadays, I believe, moms, you should put those earphones on with praise and worship music. Classical music is also good, but praise and worship music. That they can hear God, you know, stir them in the womb already. You see, our daily prayer should be, God, I put them in your hands. 
You see, if you brought them up in the ways of the Lord, you can say, Lord, my prayers, I put them in your hands. And I promise you, God will take care of them. Parents, our children, they require our intentionality. We've got to be intentional about what we do, how we bring them up, and how we grow them and develop them, coach them, direct them. Look what the Bible says here. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've seen the testimony after testimony. If you grow up, and I know when they're young, they might not want to be here all the time in church. They might want to be here all the time, might not want to be here. They want to rebel against that. But I tell you what, let that word sink into them. Let the word sink into them because they will not depart from it. There will come a time when they are in a hard place and they will remember what you've taught them. And all the youth said, yes. <laughs> yes, So how do we train up a child? How do we train up a child? The first one is in the discipline years, in the ages from zero to five. I mean, the, the principle is here, learn how to obey. <laughs> the first three months, it's easy for them to obey. But when they start moving, and they look at you, when you say, don't touch, dish, clang, kajum, whatever, they have to learn to obey. And I know there are some parents, and hey, I'm not getting on anybody's case here, but some parents will say, hey, you know, let my child just do whatever they want, take the snake, take the gun, take the scissors, Take the broken glass, whatever. No, 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 no. This is the forming years where your child needs to learn how to obey. Otherwise, you're going to have a rebel on your, on your hands. Or when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, you don't understand why you've got a rebel on your hands. This is the years where we have to learn or teach them how to obey. Now, I'm not saying you smack your child all the time. That's not what I'm saying, family. But I'm saying learn or teach them that they must learn how to obey. They must know when yes is yes and when no is no. All right? So don't put the ashtray there, right? How many of you can agree with that? What's, what's the ashtray doing in your house? <laughs> the next one is, in the training years from 5 to 12, learn the why behind the what. Learn the why behind the what. This is where I'll ask you, but why is it like that? What is this? And sometimes we feel like, listen, can you not stop asking questions? Let them ask. It's part of learning why things work this way. Why are you so tall? Why are you so small? Why are you so fat? Why do you eat so much? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why, do you, why, why, why? What is it? What does this thing, what does this thing do? They say inquisitive. Their brain is busy connecting and developing things in those years from 5 till 12. Don't put them down. Don't say, shush, shut up. Don't talk. Put them in front of the TV. All they watch is Barney. Okay? I love you. you. Is Barney still in? Not. Okay. We're a happy family. With I mean, I used to watch when, when, when Tiffany was growing up. Then she started to watch Hannah Montana. Then I said, no. I said to Pastor, I'm going to watch this. What's this Hannah Montana stories? This doesn't sound very kosher. So I watched it. So eventually I was watching it alone. <laughs> Where's Steph? No, I don't know. Why are you watching it? Oh, <laughs> I'm screening it. But in these years, they learned the why behind the what. So encourage it, family. Encourage it, all right? 
Why is it like this? What are you doing? Grandpa, why do you put that thing in there? Don't become, become uh, uh, um, uh, 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 short with them. You know, the one day I was uh, with Seth, my, my eldest grandson, I was busy doing something. I can't remember what I was doing. And, uh, and I was like, yes, I just can't do it. I can't. He said, you can do it, Grandpa. You can do it. <laughs> so here's the five-year-old trying to teach me, you know, you can do it, Grandpa. Because I would always say, you can do it, Seth. You can do it, Seth. And then in the years from 12 till 18, that's what Pastor Nanika is responsible for in many ways, all right, is that learn the relationships between action and result. Action and result. Cause and effect. And they have to learn these lessons. And many times, parents, when our children come back, yeah, the teacher was very ugly with me today. Mommy, you must go there. You must talk to them. And, tell. and then you go there and you give them a piece of your mind. Who do you think you are talking to my children like? They need to grow up. Don't believe everything that the, 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 the children tell you. I mean, we had a, when, when Tiff was about two years old, uh, our, our daycare mother said, listen, I'm just going to give you the golden rules. I won't believe anything your child tells me, and you don't believe anything your child tells you. Because you're going, you want me, I didn't get any food today. And then the tomorrow, like, what? Why did you give my child? No, we gave him, we gave him lots of food. Actually, I ate Johnny and Peter's food. And then you stand like, you know. So they got to learn, you, your children, if you're going to bail them out every time, they will never be able to fend for themselves. And yes, is it hard? Because you see your child is going through a difficult time, but they have to learn these social skills, family, the relationship between action and the result. You can't just go around doing this thing and there's no consequence to your action. They've got to learn those lessons. It's hard lessons. But this is the coaching years where you've got to say to them, I suggest you do this. Why don't you go back and apologize? Why don't you go back and speak to that person? Do this. Coach them. Don't solve their problems for them. You are not helping them. Yes, and I know that one fell on deaf ears there because tomorrow I've got a meeting with the principal. Buti. He don't care, hey. Amen. I mean, because your little angel can never do anything like that. But when they were two years old, they were doing art with a poo on the walls. Huh? How many of you know that one? How many of you cleaned that one? And then when we look at 18 plus years, this is the friendship years. If you've done everything well up until then, family, when, they grow, when they're 18 years old, they are, they are independent. They're adults, well, young adults, getting their adults, but they can legally make their own decisions. They can vote, they can make their own decisions, open up a bank account, drive, do all kinds of things. And so the biggest challenge is that in those years, if our children then just leave and for the next 10 years we never see them, we didn't follow through on this principle, which is the friendship years where we need to stay friends with our kids. And it's the hardest things for parents because even when your kids are 22 years old, you want to say, hey, no, listen, you must not do it this way tomorrow, okay? And guess how many of them listen to that? None. So it's rather now be their friend. This is the time where you want to be their friend. Hey, I want you to know dad's always here for you. If you need any help and you, and you want to give your advice, don't. Let them ask. But develop the friendship years Raise children who want to be with us and with each other when they grow up. 
It's a beautiful thing when your children is in, in, in and out your house all the time. You know, we as parents always say, my children are all grown up. They're out of the house, but never out of the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And that should not be the reason why you want to get them out of the house. Okay? Even then, you've got to say, I can help you, but I'm not going to help you. Because you need to learn the lessons here. Amen? So if they make a wrong decision, don't hear the voice of God in certain situations. They've got to learn the lesson. Now, obviously, I'm never going to let my child get into such a situation where it's going to be dangerous to them. Amen? But then that will be a hard, hard lesson for them to learn. So instead of giving them the, the rules and the regulations, maybe it's just like, hey, buddy, what's up? When they mess up. I'm here for you. I'm here. I want to grow a friendship with you. I've, I've taught you. I've parented you. But now, let me be your friend. Be friends. Be a family. And I'll tell you why that is so important. That's why our children's ministry and our youth department is doing such a great job with your children. Amen? I mean, they, yes, come on. Let's give a, a round of, a, of appreciation to our children's world and to our uh, Pastor Nanika and the, and the young, adult, uh, young adults and the young and the youth guys. Because we impart, we help to impart the values there. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, let me talk to you about Talking about that, the friendship. So how do we do those kind of things? And it's parenting overall. The four uh, T's of parenting. Spend time with your children. I know we live busy lives. And I know for most of us, we don't. We, we arrive late uh, uh, at home in, in the evenings and perhaps early out in the mornings. But when you do have time, um, make sure that you spend quality time with them. Don't just say, okay, well, we had a lack of time at house. You were watching the rugby and they were like sitting and waiting. Dad. Come on, just talk to me or do something with me. Take them for a milkshake. Sit there by yourself. Put your phone away. Don't even take your phone out of the car. Just sit with them. Have a milkshake. It's cheap. Go to McDonald's. It's a, is it still a one-rank cone or if it's now a ten-rank I don't know. Okay, those, those days are gone also. But in any case, you know what I mean. Ten-rank cone. You know, just, just, just have an ice cream together. Just, you know, um, spend time with your children. The next thing is touch. Like I said, there are many people that grow up where a parent never said, come here, man, let me hug you. There are men, men today here, people today, you're 50 years old, you've never been hugged by your, by your dad or your mom. And touch is important. The touch of a mother, the hugs of a dad. Tell them, as you spend time with them, as you touch them, it's affirming them. You know, touch, there's so much in touch, so much power in touch. It's a transference of your emotion, of an anointing of God, many things, but touch is important. Give that kid a hug. You know, it will make your child feel wanted, feel appreciated, feel he's part of the family, feel that you care about him. So if you haven't done that in, in years, Never done that. Tonight, I want to encourage you. Get your, find, when you get your children out there, or maybe perhaps head home tonight, grab them. If you may be watching online tonight, grab your children. Just give them a hug. Say, I love you. I love you. And you know what? It's good for you too to do it. It's good for you too to do it. Because sometimes life is so messed up, just, man, overcome it with a hug. Amen? Is that good? Yeah. Number three is talk to them. <laughs> Don't look on your phone. Yeah, mm -hmm, uh -huh, uh -huh. No, talk to them. They might be talking the biggest load of rubbish, but talk to them. 
Yes, I hear you. And you know when they get to that age of about 18, 19, yes, they know everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, you know, and, uh, when, they were in, when they were in primary school, they would say this. Dad, you know nothing. My teacher knows everything. When they're 18, Dad, you and the teacher don't know anything. I know everything. And it's fine. <laughs> because they'll learn. They'll learn. Amen. But talk to your children. Don't let the, the only words that come from my mouth is, stop doing that. Get this. Do that. Wash your face. Whatever. Bath. Let's go. Don't let that be the, the only way you talk to your children. But sit down with them. Maybe just a, a minute or two minutes. But make a meaningful conversation with them. Amen. Number four, I love this one. Traditions. Foster traditions. Perpetuate traditions in your family. You know, we have a tradition in our family. We celebrate Christmas on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. And we, we first of all, the whole day is about cooking. And all, everybody's in the house. Okay, and we see how the, 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 the women are in charge of the cooking, predominantly. And we see how, um, how, how that's being prepared. And we, we're having a time together. And then after the meal in the evening, it takes about three hours for us to go through all that food. That took us a whole day. But then from about nine o'clock in the evening, we then go to the lounge. That's our tradition. I would take out the Bible and I would read the nativity story. And then what I would do is part of the tradition, I would get up first and I would open the first present. So all the presents would be under the Christmas tree. I would open up and take one present and let's just say I would find that usually for Tiff, for the youngest child. And I would give that. And we will all watch how that person opens their presents and they appreciate and enjoy that present then that person goes and they find a present and they give it to the next person so our opening of presents takes about two to three hours but what a great tradition nobody's moving before the time everybody's there waiting and everybody celebrates with one another the gifts that's been had traditions whatever your tradition is build a tradition something of a legacy that people will always look forward to. We're going to, for Christmas back to mom and dad's house or to granny and grandpa's house. Those are the things that we need to look at because the days are long, but the years are short. Before you know it, they had varsity and the next thing they're working, getting married, and you wonder, what happened to the time? Take the time now, the opportunity now. We need to fight for them. We need to fight for our children. After I looked things over, Nehemiah speaking here, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the, of, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, and your wives, and your homes. Amen? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil will come for your family, but you've got to stand up for them. Amen? You've got to stand up for them. Remember what the Lord your God has done for you. Amen? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Amen? Our children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. Many people regard the table 
that's the place where they can gather as families in the evening. I'm not going to budge on this. We're going to eat at the table every night. We're going to share what happened today in your life. Tell me about your day today. What can I do to help you about this? You know, when you go to Israel, especially, you will see some olive trees that are like 2,000 years ago. The very trees that Jesus perhaps walked past. Maybe it's the exact tree where Jesus knelt down in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what is amazing about those old olive trees, they've got about a circumference of about one and a half meters. But as they grow older, you will start noticing the shoots of olive shoots will start sprouting at the roots and the base of this tree. And this is what I see here. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear Him. There are many people tonight that are sitting alone at home. All of their children perhaps still alive. Their grandchildren alive. But not one of them is around the table with them. This is the kind of relationship, this is the kind of parenting that I want to encourage us to do. Where we can sit around and have our families with us. And they perpetuate the generations and then the generations. And your legacy will never be forgotten. Because they are like shoots young olive shoots on the tree. Amen? That tree will never be forgotten. It will still stand maybe for another 2,000 years or 4,000 years or 10,000 years. But there will be new shoots. That is your children. Amen? So this evening, I'm going to ask you, every head bowed, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to make an altar call for parents. If tonight you say to me, Pastor Johnny, I need prayer because I've not been a great parent. Then I'm going to ask you to stand up and come to the front. We're going to help you. We're going to pray for you. Nobody moving around at this time. No need for anybody else to move around other than those people that want to come forward in our workers. If you say, Pastor Johnny, please, would you pray for me? Pastors, can you come to the front as well right now? I want to be a better parent to my children. Maybe you are here today and say, Pastor Johnny, I used to, I was, I've done some horrible things to my children. And I'm not sure the Lord will, will forgive me. And that is keeping me from having a good relationship with my children. Because I, I think about it all the time and think how badly I treated them. And they know it and, and I don't think they've forgiven me. I want to make right with God. And tonight, can somebody just pray with me? Lead me in a prayer. Help me along this line. Come forward, wherever you are, wherever you are. Well, maybe you're saying, as Pastor Johnny, I'm overwhelmed as a parent. I just don't know what to do. Well, you heard the message tonight. But can somebody just pray with me? Stand in agreement with me. Won't you come forward? Come forward. Or you might just say, Pastor Johnny, I want to be that person, that parent, where my kids are sitting around the table with me. When I am on in years, I am gray in years. And I just want, I want that. I want that legacy for my life. I don't know how. Come forward. If you want that prayer, then come forward. Come forward. In the name of Jesus. If you're just a parent out there and you say, well, none of that applies to me, Pastor Tony, but can I just come forward? I just need prayer for something else. Need some, need some guidance. Then you come forward. Anything else? You want to be a better parent? Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Pastors, go ahead as we worship. Go ahead and lay hands on the people in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God, as many parents have reached out to you, Lord God, that you're interceding on their behalf making new, Father, every broken family, I pray in the name of Jesus.
I thank you, Father, for restoration of relationships between the parents and the children and the children and the parents, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for godly examples of parents. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody that agrees say, Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. At this time, if you are here today, say, Pastor Johnny, I've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of my life. And to become a Christian, it is a requirement to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that you must believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ. And then you will be saved. So this evening, my first invitation is, if you have not made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, then at the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand to indicate to me. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Or if you are here today, say, Pastor Johnny, I used to serve the Lord, but I sadly don't anymore because I've done so many things. I've messed up so much. I'm not sure God will forgive me. He will, friend. He's waiting for you to come back and say, Lord, forgive me, and He will in that instant. Or perhaps you are asking, I'm not sure if I have the assurance of salvation. Is it important that I do? Yes, because the Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, that I must know that I have eternal life. So at any one of those three invitations, at the count of three, won't you raise your hand as an indication to me and the Lord that you mean business to restore your relationship, to make Jesus Lord and Savior, and to have assurance of your salvation. Are you ready? One, two, three, wherever you are. Let me see your hands. In Jesus' name, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hands. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, raise your hand. Raise your hand in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Wherever you are, don't delay. Don't say, well, maybe I'll do it next week. I don't feel like it now. I brought my friends with. What will they think of me? On that day, you will stand alone before the Lord. So make right with Jesus today. There's no better day than today. Today is the day of salvation. One last invitation. If you haven't raised your hand and you want to be included in this prayer, at the count of three, quickly raise your hand. One, two, three, wherever you are, raise your hand. Raise your hand in the name of Jesus. All right, praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, a person is coming to lay their hand on your shoulder and coming to agree with you in prayer. I'm going to ask you to say this prayer out aloud. We've all done this. So I'm going to ask you to say it out aloud. But for your benefit, we're all going to say it together. So are you ready? Let's say it. As Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross for me so I can go free. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I believe it in my heart. I say it with my mouth. Therefore, I am saved. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com